Well, it looks like he's with us. Oh, great. Hello. Good good afternoon, I should say. We just passed into the afternoon. Well, we'll introduce you. Well, back with us again today to share about a very, very powerful journey arriving for all of humanity is our guest, Don Miguel Ruiz. And when he was a young boy, his grandfather told him many stories of the Taltic tradition. One of his powerful stories was about the story of the sleeping giant, a symbol for an unaware humanity. And his grandfather said, one day this giant will awaken in Mexico, and awareness will spread throughout the world, and humanity will return to its full potential. We certainly now can feel the power and the momentum of the message very clearly. Just how ready are we, Don Miguel Ruiz? We'll find out in a moment. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Don Miguel Ruiz, everyone is being stretched and stretched at the moment. Everyone can feel the vibration mounting on Earth. It is powerful. We're living in a very exciting time. And now a little overview here regarding our guest. Don Miguel Ruiz is an author of five books, the first, the four Agreements, which was seven years on the New York Times bestselling list. Uh, the next, The Mastery of Love, and then The Voice of Knowledge. Uh, the next is Prayers, and the fifth agreement was co-authored with his son, Don Jose Ruiz. And Don Miguel left a highly successful career as a surgeon to carry on the family tradition of Toltec wisdom, assume the mantle of Nagual, also known as shaman, and ultimately translate and offer those teachings to a worldwide audience. Paula, could you please tell us, um, also share with us about his upcoming December event? Well, on this December, from the December the 17th to the 21st, Don Miguel Ruiz and his team are inviting all of us to take part in shifting the new consciousness of humanity with a ritual and ceremony called World Awakening 2012. This is, event is an up-close and personal event with Don Miguel and friends where we can talk and have a journey through the entirety of temples in Teotihuacan, Mexico, to awaken the giant within us. This journey will end with a rebirth of humanity, a world awakening ceremony that supports efforts of all into an intimate event. And this event will be so intimate with Don Miguel Ruiz and his family and his team. It's going to be something very, very special. Welcome, Don Miguel Ruiz. We are so pleased to have you on our show today. It's a big pleasure to be with all of you. It's an honor. You know, I when I was reading about the sleeping giant, I've got a chill and a tear in my eye because I have a spirit guide, and when I ask my spirit guide the name, his name, he always says he's the sleeping giant. And when I saw this, it just gave me. <laughs> I thought, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great story that I uh, hear from my father, or from my grandfather when I was a child. You know, 
my, my brothers and my cousins just to get together with him just to hear all those beautiful stories get a lot of metaphors and my favorite one was about that sleeping giant he used to say that the entire humanity is really one living being which is made by billions of men and women <clears throat> and, and that giant is sleeping and is having a real nightmare because uh, it's put together every single dream of every human and it, it creates a big chaos. And, but, it's, but he also says, the day will come when this giant awakes and when that happens, everything will change completely. And <clears throat> It was a great story. As a child, I, I just imagine how can how can all of us be part of a giant? Anyway, now of course I understand that easily because uh, uh, we know that we all are only one living being. All the, all the humans, we are only only one being that is alive. Just like our body is made by cells, and every single cell is unique is individual but together it creates the physical body well the same way we create humanity with this only one living being and that uh, that giant that humanity is also just an organ of a bigger living being which is the planet earth just like the atmosphere is another organ the forest is another organ the ocean is another organ and every single species that who lives in this planet Earth is an organ, and we all work together for to keep the equilibrium that in medicine we call it the metabolism of this beautiful planet Earth. Then it's true. We are only one living being in, in the future. Hopefully soon enough, this giant will be awake. And of course, everything will change. As you see, this is just a symbolism. It's a story, but we're going really into the right direction. So, do you believe that on December 21st, we are going to start to awaken, awaken the sleeping giant? No, not really. As I say, it's just a symbolism. You know... um, uh, the, cal- the calendar, the Mayan calendar, is just an instrument to measure time, just like many other calendars that that exist uh, right now, exist in the past. They're just the way that we measure time, and it's really just one day more. It's nothing special about that. But of course, there's many people who like to to make prophecies and and create fear all around, and they say that that will be the end of the world, that will be catastrophe. But, you know, everything is happening any time. You know, there's hurricanes, there's uh, uh, earthquakes, there's war. And the whole story of humanity is always happening something like that. Then when I hear all those prophecies of that people, that reminds me of the Y2K, that everybody was expecting that something really bad will happen. And, And... the day, the day comes, the day goes, and everything does exactly the same thing. Well, it will be exactly the same thing with the end of the Mayan calendar. 
nothing nothing will happen unless we want something to happen, unless we agree that something should happen, because we are the ones who can make that difference. And what I've been proposing, wherever I go, because I, I've been so in so many different countries right now, is that the end of the Mayan cal- calendar should represent the end of the superstition, the end of fanaticism, and the return to the truth, because it's really the truth that will set us free. Just like uh, I say 2,000 years ago, I really believe what he said, and I really know it is the truth. Now, we have many, many people uh, that we interview on our radio show, so we can see a wave of things that are happening and we see different groups all over the world coming together and uh, becoming a transitional, you know, bringing a transition to our times. I mean, groups of people are coming together and raising consciousness. So from our perspective on the radio show, we can see things happening. Well, this is completely logical. You know, uh, humanity is shifting all the time. You know, and since since we are humans, we always are looking for what we believe is the truth. We are searching for the truth, even that uh, um, the truth is a, a little slippery and it's, it's uh, hard to to find out. But it's not because it's not there, because the truth really, really exists. And we can say that the truth exists long before the creation of humanity, and will exist long after the extinction of humanity. That the truth doesn't mean for us to believe or not in the truth. It just exists. But we humans, we are, we are uh, created in order to perceive that truth. But what we do is that we distort it according of what we understand, according of what we know. Then knowledge really uh, distorts the truth. And that makes that every single human create their own truth. And we use that truth in order to create the story of our life because we are living in a story that we create and we believe that it's truth. And because we believe that way, we also believe that everybody else is wrong. Then how can we be possible that we are right and six billion people are wrong? Well, the truth is that the six billion people, they are wrong. And, and, but the truth really exists. And like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we believe or not in that truth, that truth is always there. And we call it in so many different ways uh, that that truth. Like uh, in religion, we call it God. We call it the infinite. There are so many ways to call it the truth. Personally, I love to call it love. But it's exactly the same thing. They're all synonymous. And that's why I, I really agree completely with that when Christ says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And this is because we may understand that there's a conflict in the human mind, a conflict that uh, for a long time we used to believe that is between good and bad. But good and bad is just the result of the real conflict that exists in the human mind. Because the real conflict in the human mind is between the truth and the lies. It is logical to understand that if we believe in truth, the result will be that we are good. If we believe in lies, the result will be 
that we will be bad in so many different degrees, and that will depend on how deep and distorted is the light in the one we believe. Because we can see that believing in all those lies, we create all those superstitions, and we become so fanatic of those superstitions that we even lose humanity. We are ready to kill or die to defend what we believe is true. And we see that all the time. That, in that way, we can understand all the conflicts that exist in humanity, like all the violence, war, uh, injustice, etc. is there. Uh, we cannot deny that that exists. But it's up, really up, up to us to, to believe in the truth or in the life. Then when we talk about the opinion of the giant, it's really the return of the truth, which is exactly what I've been proposing wherever I go, that that end of the Mayan calendar should mean the end of superstition, the end of fanaticism, and the return to the truth, whatever it means for each one of us, because only we know because we create a completely different story. Uh, your son has Don a new McGill. book. Yeah, go ahead. Oh. I say, Don McGill, I think what I, what I am seeing at this present time is that many people are learning how to respect each other. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is really beautiful because there's so many philosophies in the world. And... I think people are beginning to step back and and um, welcoming in someone else's opinion and being able also to look at working in community to manifest, to support each other in their needs. This is really powerful, and I I think that's what's exciting about this new turn that you know a new consciousness a new birthing um, of our population and not only that but people can really feel it Uh, it, it's something that has been kind of quiet but I think it's just turning around and looking very different are you you're also feeling this as well oh definitely Uh, we can witness that in the last uh let's see, 30, 40 years, and even more, science and technology have been evolving extremely fast, that whatever happened in any place in the world is now it almost right away. And then science and technology go very fast, but psychology is way behind. We just start catching up with science and technology, and this is why humanity is shifting right now because now finally we are understanding that we are one living being really, and we can see that the awakening is already happening. Then for the, the, the end of the Mayan calendar, at a certain point it's just an accident, you know? It's a, a day like any other one, but if we use it as a, as a, as a goal that from right now until that point, we're really working ourselves, shifting the story that we create. And if we are able to do that, then uh, <clears throat> it really will have a greatest, the greatest meaning to the end of the Mayan calendar 
but it's really just uh, like any other end of the year in every in every time. You know, when a, a, a year is finishing, we review what we did the last year. We see what we did right, what we did wrong, and we propose to do something better for next year. Like uh, we propose that next year we're going to lose weight, we're going to do something, et cetera, et cetera. Well, with this time, I, I think that it's important for us to see what we did with our life completely. If we like or not the, the way we, create, we live our life, the way we, we live in our story. And if we don't like it, we can change it because we are the ones who create that story. And then you see now that there's so many other teachers that they're sharing exactly the same thing. You see that communities is, is, is gathering together to have more and more consciousness. And like you say, the most important part is the recovery of the respect because respect is extremely important in love because uh, if we respect ourselves, we are able to respect also everybody around us. And with respect, we can live always together with no problem because respect is really the key to live in peace. But we need to start with ourselves. We need to find that inner peace first by respecting our own creation because we cannot give what we don't have. And if we don't respect ourselves, we can just pretend to respect other people, but it's not exactly the same like when we really respect ourselves because we can see that who, whatever story everybody says may be true for that person, but not necessarily is true for us. But if we learn to listen what they say, then we can take from from, uh, from that story the best, and we can use it in our own story in order to improve more and more the way we live our life. You talk about the wisdom of the artist, and when you're speaking of respect, I can almost see an artist working and taking a little bit from here and taking a little bit from wherever they feel that's in their hearts to create their own lives. Can you speak a little bit about Yes, this is the beauty of the fifth agreement. Be skeptical, but learn to listen. You know, this, uh, the four agreements is just introduction of the way of life of the artist. And we see that we create our own story and uh, we, because we are the, the creators, we can change it if we want to. And this uh, four agreements really is guiding you to what you really are, to your authenticity. And after just of practice, when when you are more ready, then is when the fifth agreement arrives, and it's like the end of a whole process. Then when that's that's the time when you can hear everybody's stories without any judgment, without judging them, they are right or they're wrong. No, they have the right to say whatever story they they have to say. But if you listen, then you get the best of that information. You include it in your creation because you are the artist and you can make it even better and better and better. You know, it's like what we do in science. science. Uh, You have a theory. You express a theory to to all the scientists that are listening to you. They really don't believe you, but they listen to what you say and they take uh, the information that you give, that you share, and what they think is the right. If I for them, they take it 
and they improve their own theories. And this is how science keeps been evolving and evolving and evolving because everybody wanted to do better and better and better. And it's not really competition, but it's really the creation of ourselves is what we are created. Because we're doing that because this is what pleases us. We really don't try to please everybody else. We are working in our own story. And in, us, in, in that story, we are the most important thing that may happen. We have the priority over everything else because this is what is more real for us. So we have an open mind without exactly. judgment. Yes, that's wonderful. Like um, in general, going to a doctor and the doctor already has something in his mind and he's not listening, those, you feel shut out. You like to go to a doctor or a counselor who listens to your story. So uh, bringing that all together is very important. Yes, we can we can say that uh, uh, like a bad doctor is like a bad detective. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah, uh, you you hear all the symptoms. Uh, you uh, the the problem is when you have a decision even before you hear the symptoms, because right. you're jumping conclusions. We make assumptions and you don't listen, and and that will make a difference in a good doctor and not a good doctor. John Miguel, what stimulated your uh, you to write your book with your son, uh, The Fifth Agreement? Well, uh, really, it's, it's his book. Um, what I did is just to summarize the first four agreements. And of course, uh, that fifth agreement exists long, long, long before, but he's the one who put it in words. And that happened in the in the time that I had my heart attack in February 2002. When I had the heart attack and I was in the uh, intensive care, she came to see me, and it was not the the, the son that he was studied for me for many years, because uh, he was uh, he had a broken heart, he was crying. He was scared. He never was seeing me in 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 that condition. He never see that I was dying and etc. Then when he arrives, he told me, "Father, please don't die. Uh, I don't finish yet. I, what am I gonna do without you?" And this is something that it got me a little by surprise. Then, when whatever I can, I stand up a little. I look directly into his eyes, and I say, "Jose." Is this the way that you will celebrate the death of your father? I say, get out of the room, fix yourself, and when you're ready, then come back because I have something very important to share with you. Of course, it was a shock for him. He went out, and a few minutes later, he came back, and it was completely different. There was uh, my, the son that I that I know, and. He looked into my eyes and said, Father, I understand now. You know, I see all my selfishness. I see that I will take the last moments of your life with my trauma. And you don't even get yet. Then when I was outside, I imagined that we shift places. I imagined that I was the one who was dying 
and you came to see me, and you start falling apart. And they say, even I go even deeper, and I see myself already dead, and I see how you change your life completely. And instead of writing more books, and instead of going uh, around and sharing uh, your message, you just stay at home, grieving because of my death, blaming yourself for whatever you uh, you did or didn't do it with me, and, and just letting go everything. I, I see you create all that misery, and, and I just imagine that I have a few moments to come back to you and to talk to you. And, and, and what I told you is, hey, wake up. I am the one who said, not you. You're still alive. Stand up and keep doing what you were doing before. I'm still alive in your mind. And of course, I have a big smile when, when he told me of that. I said, great. I don't have to tell you that anymore because now (laughs) yourself. Then I tell him, okay, now the next step is perhaps the most important one. When 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 I die, people will come to you, and they tell you all what they believe, all all what they feel, and maybe some of them will even be a little aggressive with you and can blame you for whatever happened to me. But uh, be skeptical, but listen what they say, because whatever they say is not really what they mean to say. It just comes from the emotional pain. And then uh, if you listen, then you understand where they're coming from. And then I was in coma for nine weeks. And um, the... They was, the doctors was almost ready to unplug me when I came back and I opened the eyes again. And then is when I received the, the news that I was living only with the 16% of my heart capacity. And so they told me that I will be lucky if I live for one more year. And it will be a miracle if, if, if I live for two more years. And they say that just prepare yourself to, to live peacefully. And uh, there's no way that you can have the life that you used to have. Then for now, you need to rest most of the time. Uh, just just be in a, in a sofa, reading books, uh, watching TV. Of course, I just listen what they say. But as soon as I was at home, I talked to my three children. And I told them, there is no way that I will stay at home waiting for death. Because if I do that, I will even I will live my life like I am really dead. What I will do is just go out and get, keep doing what I love to do, what is my passion. And then very soon I start really uh, teaching again and traveling again. I, I don't even notice that my son Jose was already teaching. And when he told me he was teaching, he was teaching something that I tried to share last century and nobody really understood what I was doing that I call uh, messenger training. And I went to see him teach, and it was a big surprise for me that everybody was understanding him. I said, wow, I can't believe that. And this is the result of the fifth agreement that he wrote. And it was the conclusion of these four agreements, because the four agreements is just the introduction of the way of life of the artist. But the fifth agreement is really the conclusion. So did you have a tear in your eye when you 
heard him teaching? I mean, did it bring um, yeah. joy to your heart, I bet? Because I, I, I never thought that he was able to teach that, specifically, specifically what I call the messenger training, the angel training. Because, uh, you know, the word angel means messenger. Then I believe in angels, but not in the mythological angels, which is, uh, is of course, just a symbol, but it really re- represents humanity. Because uh, since we are children, we always receive messages, and we deliver messages. Even if we don't understand or we don't notice, then we humans got the real angels. And those wings that they put on the, on the pictures, it's just a symbol. And that symbolizes the imagination. Because with our imagination, everything is possible. You know, everything that we humans create, first using the imagination, and with the action, we make it real. And we, we can see that this is how we create all the civilizations that exist in this beautiful planet Earth. First, expressing our imagination, and with the action, it comes real. We make it real. Then, for something that is really created, we recreate it with our imagination, and then it becomes real, like the computer that we are using, like the telephones, like the cars, the planes. Everything first exists in our imagination. Then you can understand easily why we are really the angels. We have all the power of creation. We are always creating, but when this book, uh, the when my son told everybody, is okay, now that you know that you are a messenger, that you are an angel, that gives you a big responsibility because it's the time for, for perhaps to ask yourself, what kind of messenger are you? What is the message that you deliver people that you say that you love? What is the message that you deliver to, to your beloved? The message that you deliver to your brothers and your sisters or your parents. What is the message that you deliver Paula, to we your... Paula, have a problem there. What? Yes. Paula? Yes. Paula? Yes. I'm going to call back in. Okay. Okay, then I was saying that uh, the message that we deliver to our children, because the children we learn from us, not really what we say, but they learn from us what we do. They become a copy of us, and the way we live our life, that's how they will live their own life in the future. But the most important message is the message that we deliver to ourselves. What is the message that we deliver to ourselves? Are we delivered truth, or are we delivering lies? Because when we give to ourselves, that we are not good enough, that we are not strong enough, that we are not intelligent enough, but we reject ourselves before anybody else rejects us. Then the message that we are giving to ourselves is lies. Then we are delivering lies to ourselves. And this is the main problem that we have because we believe our own lies. If we can change that, just like magic, everything will change around us. And this is, in summary, that's this agreement. Now, uh, your son actually translated uh, messages from his grandmother. Yes. 
And did this really shift his life as well as, uh, was this part of his teachings to others, what he learned from his grandmother? What this teach him is to keep culture alive and go with the present moment. One time she told him that if someday she got him teaching what she's teaching, then in that moment he was killing culture. If he uh, catch him teaching what I'm teaching, then he is killing uh, culture. That he has to teach what is in his heart, what what he what really he is, because uh, everything is shifting all the time, and whatever story was true before, is is changing and need to be shifted in a way that really represent the entire humanity at that moment and in that place. Then in the past is 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 killing culture, but we can use the past just as a point of reference in order to live the present time. That makes total sense. Now he has a new book out, uh your your son has a new book out, uh the five levels of attachment. Okay, this is the son. Uh, oh, is this your other son? Oh, okay. Okay, this agreement. Then my older son is will release uh, in a few months the the five levels of attachment. It's a great book, really. That sounds like a very important book at this time. So it sounds like both of your sons are living from their own heart. So you, ha- so they've come through. Yes, it's great to see them in action. You think Jose, all that passion, all that, all, all, all the heart put it in, 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 in himself, and you see Miguel with all the logic that uh, you know is completely different. And you know the the message, of course, in the chorus is, is kind of the same one, but he's talking to different uh, to different kind of people, really. And it's amazing to see them in, in, in action. Then by, by next year, we're planning to do a tour, fam, uh, a, a family tour to different uh, countries that uh, all of us will will share with everyone. Because uh, what I was thinking that after we deal with ourselves, that will represent the, this December 21st, then the next step is to get out of ourselves and going to our family. Because it's the next step, our family, then it's the community, and then it's the city, and then it's uh, the entire humanity, really. But the next step is really to uh, to show how... Uh, a family really can live in peace and harmony and understanding, and not just as a theory, but in action. And I, I meet several families that are in that way. They're beautiful families where there's peace, happiness, and and, and you know, it's, it's, you can it, it feels like home every time that, that you see this kind of family. Fortunately, my family is that way. It's more difficult. Well, I would. Say I would think it's more difficult now in our culture with um, so many distractions like computers and telephones and cars and um, it's 
it takes more work now than it used to to create this um, family that you're talking about. So, so um, do you agree? Uh, not really, because, you know, of course, uh, there are many distractions in each member of the family, they live in their, in their own story, and of course they will do whatever they need to do in order to to live their lives. But what is important is the respect first, that we respect each other's stories, and then the, the time we can share, because when we gather together, it's about to have fun. It's not about to be serious in any in any way. Because uh, we come here in this life just to enjoy life, just to 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 be happy. And each one of us are responsible for their own happiness. Because I can say that I'm not responsible for the happiness of my children. They are not responsible for my happiness. Because only they can make themselves happy. I cannot make them happy. And they cannot make me happy. Then when we gather together, we share our happiness. And it's fun, you know, it's, it's like a big plane all the time. Then for us, the entire planet Earth is just a playground. Because we are playing all the time. You know, it's like when the Christ uh, uh, talked to the disciples and said that uh, whoever is like a children belongs to the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, uh, if, if, you, if you could see Christ, you see him playing all the time, or Buddha, or, or Moses, they really are very very cheerful and, and really enjoying life. If you remember the happiest times of your life, you're playing. You're having fun. And something happened in your head to say, okay, so let's be realistic. And boom, it's over. Fun is over then. No, we are here to enjoy life. And it sounds like we need to stop and share, share our joy. Maybe that's just one thing. One step that we need to remember, because sometimes people are so busy, they they don't stop to share. So maybe that's, I mean, respect is one point, but the sharing of joy. And the next step after that is take it to any activity that we have, like I take it to work, like I take it to school, take it to sports, and any activity that we have, we can bring our joy because that joy is really very contagious, and that will make a difference wherever we go. Even in the grocery store, if you say, if you're joyful in the grocery store and talking to the checker or to one of the other people, I mean, you're sharing your joy. Yes, it's important to really enjoy life, because this is the reason why we are here. Now, your uh, can you explain to our listeners a little bit about um, what you're inviting us to uh, on the 17th of December through the 21st? Yep. Uh, thank you for that question. Okay, I invite us to to join us in the awakening of humanity, the awakening of yourself. And what I'm doing, whatever I go, is to please help us to change the world and in. In the in Teotihuacan from the 17th to the 21st, we will make a, a review of our own life to see what we like and what we don't like about ourselves, and then start using forgiveness in order to detach for everything that create all those dramas in our lives. 
and the goal is for us to really enjoy our life, to be happy again, and and to share that with the people that we love the most. Then it's a it's a time that we detach, if we attach with the, to the present moment, then we will do some uh, great ceremonies, and some teachings, and the main ceremony will be of course the December twenty first. In that ceremony, uh, we will uh, represent, uh, symbolize the end of a whole humanity, the way that we used to live before, and also will symbolize the birth of a new humanity. And of course, all that is symbolic because I'm, I'm sure that all, everybody knows that it's not possible, even not change from one day to the next. But at least we will give a big step with ourselves, which is the most important. And for uh, for everybody who is not coming, you can do it at home exactly the same way. You can uh, join us in our web if you want to and, and see what we are doing. And, and maybe what is more important is what happened after the December 21st. And what happened after is, uh, is to really start going into our own families, to really to take the responsibility for children or wife or husband and, and create a... Uh, a place of joy to create uh, that the personal paradise that we create, it becomes a, a family paradise. And we explore the par- that little uh, heaven in our workplace or in our business or in any other kind of relationship with our friends, family, etc. Then it's an invitation for all of us to awake yourself, to change your own world and to start shifting and changing that big giant that is humanity because at the end we are humanity and we are the earth and we are the entire creation. Then yes, why not? Well that's a uh, I mean even people that aren't going to join you, it'd be wonderful to do at home. I know there are uh, people that are reaching out to me or friends and saying, Well let's get together on the twenty first and what you have just shared is something that we should um, do in our ceremony. I think it's great to, to create us all those different groups because they're doing the same the same thing in different places, like in like in Italy, in Switzerland, in England, and they're they're creating this uh, this little group for for the uh, December twenty first, and in some of those uh, of those places, we even will will be. Uh, connected by the Skype that they can hear the the moment of the ceremony. It, it, it could be something really, really big. And anyway, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, it really will be one step more into the human evolution. So you said being connected to Skype. Will your ceremony be on Skype? It looks like I think it's happening. Uh, we have connections right now with a with a few countries, but uh, I'm not good about the the state of that kind of technology. Then, if anyone wants to to participate or whatever, if they go to my web and, and we'll, we will we will find out how that will be possible. But personally, I really don't know how to handle uh, that technology. It's too advanced for me. <laughs> I know I'm, we're not good at technology either, but uh, so let's give out your website so people can let, connect with you 
and and when the uh, technology is available, then they will know. Because you send out um, messages uh, on uh, YouTube a lot also. So you want to give out is your website? com. Don Miguel uh, Ruiz dot com. Without the Don, just Miguel Ruiz dot com. So, if somebody wants to join you and be there in person, um, how do, do they just go onto your website and find out about the Sacred Journey? Yes, they, they they find all the information on that website. Then they just connected, and I guess the rest is easy. When I first heard about your uh, your sacred journey, I thought it was going to be outside of Cancun. Uh, where's the location going to be? Well, from the 17th to the 21st, it's in Teotihuacan, Mexico. It's very close to Mexico City. And in the 22nd, in Chichen Itza, I will be part of the uh, of the gathering of the elders. As we celebrate the eight for the new calendar. So, the ga- can um, other people come to the gathering of elders on the twenty second? I think so, but I, I really don't know because I'm not the one who is uh, creating this, this event. But I will be uh, a voice in, in, that, in that event too. Uh, can you uh, tell the people the the location that you chose on the twenty first? The significance. Well, the 21st is in Chetihuacan, Mexico. It's like a 60 miles from Mexico City, and it's very close to the airport. And, um, and it's a secret site that is a very, very famous, of course. And the ceremony will be in a cave that is beside the, the, the pyramid. And that's where the, the ceremony will be. And uh, why did you choose that location? Is that the Toltec? Is that the Toltec location? Uh, okay. Uh, in the history, when the, in the fall of Teotihuacan, then uh, Toltecs, uh, a group went and, and was part of uh, Tula, which is uh, close to Teotihuacan. Also, it becomes the, the the main city of the Toltecs. But another big part, it went to, to the south, and they merged with the Mayans, and they created the second Mayan Imperium, which is the part in Chichen Itza, where is the, the, the observatory, the pyramid of, of Kukulkan. The Kukulkan is the same that Quetzalcoatl, but in Mayan. Then it's a merge between Toltecs and Mayans. And yeah, the Mayan calendar really is uh, originally from the Toltecs, just like the Aztec calendar too. It comes from Toltecs. Then, um, then in that ceremony, I, I, I will be part of the, the Mayan elders, and it will be the voice of the Toltecs. Oh, I, uh, I was not aware that the two emerged. Oh, okay, the second Mayan imperium. So did the Toltec and the Mayans, uh, were they in uh, in touch with the star people? Is that part of the culture? 
No, not really. This uh, this is just stories that have been interpreted for the mo- in the modern modern time. Mm-hmm. But it's just a story. Because it amazes me that the knowledge that they carried um, and able to build the pyramids and um, know about the stars. It's just amazing that they had that knowledge. But whether the, this calendar is very precise because the study of all the stars. And of course, they create all those different uh, stories and symbols in order to teach because this is the, the only way that really uh, knowledge can go from from one human to another human. You know, like uh, in the, in the, let's in the Bible, in the Egyptian mythology, there's a, a, a lot of uh, symbolism. And it's because it's so hard to put it in words. But what is important is what that, that symbolism means. And, and even that is after uh, a few thousands of years, the meaning is exactly the same thing. Like uh, when we talk about the, the ball game, um, we can see two teams uh, playing a, uh, a game with a ball. Well, the, the meaning of that of the game is uh, is, is uh, the conflict that exists in the human mind, which is between the truth and the lies. And the ball is the attention. Then whatever we focus attention is how we will perceive the entire creation. Then if the the attention is hooked by uh by all the superstition and the fanaticism, then the way we will perceive the world will be with all those dramas, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. On the other hand, if the ball is cast by the truth, then um uh, will be goodness or the the reaction. Then the question is which team has the ball, which team has the attention? Because the team who has the attention is the team that, that will win. And this is the mean of the of the of, of the ball game. And of course in the in the in, in the stories they say that whoever loses the game loses the head. It's not exactly true but it's very close to the truth. So look ahead, not behind. Uh-huh. Then, uh, of course, the truth uh, usually by the end always wins. Well, if we look behind, that would get in our way, and that would, that's what happens to a lot of us. Then it's extremely important. So... Uh, do you have any last message for the listeners out there? I know that you would love to have all of us doing our groups and um, uh, looking at our past life and what we can do better. Um, do you have any other messages for them? Well, uh, the only thing that I want to everybody keep in their mind is that we all come here in this beautiful planet Earth with one mission, and it's the same for all of us. And that mission is really just to enjoy life. It's just to do our best in order to be happy. Now, how can we do that? Is six billion different ways, one for each one of us. Then only you know the way that you can be happy. 
because happiness comes from inside of yourself, not from outside, then it's up to you, it's your decision to be happy or not to be happy. So when we're looking ahead to for our next step, because there's so many things coming at us and we don't know, okay, we should choose this, we should choose this, we should choose this, to... Should we just say what what's going to make me the most happy? Is that how we're going to make the choice of our next step? Yes. You know, uh, if we talk about desire, it's something that we all have. By nature, we have desire. Then uh, it's neither good or bad or right or wrong. The 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 problem will be what we we will do with the desire. If the desire becomes obsession, then that desire becomes really destructive. It will destroy ourselves. It will destroy our marriage. It will destroy our business. It will destroy whatever creation we do. If we go into session, we go into destruction. And on the other hand, if desire becomes passion, then that means that we love what we do. It doesn't look like a work or anything. It's just a pleasure just to, to relieve that passion. With, uh, it's, it's so wonderful that we don't even notice when that passion becomes inspiration. And that inspiration will lead us to what we really are, to ourselves. That leads us to the truth when obsession leads us into lies. Then if the choice is, or we leave the truth, or we leave the lies, where we focus our attention in the truth, or in the lies. Well, it sounds like passion can open more doors. The the doors will open that we can't even imagine would have opened before without the passion and joy. And with your passion, you have no fear. You're not afraid with your session. You're full of fear. And then you see everything like a, something extremely difficult. You see fear as a big obstacle. You see power as a big obstacle. You see knowledge as a big obstacle. Everything becomes a big obstacle. When you're in passion, you don't even care about all those things. So if we put our attention to the fear, it gets bigger, or the obstacle gets bigger. Definitely. Well... Uh, Don, Miguel, Ruiz, we are so happy that you've been with us today. I mean, you've you've opened some doors, doors of dreams and happiness and passion. And um, looking back at our past life, I mean, the life that we've led up to this point, and um, maybe recognizing what's not helpful to us and letting go of that. So. Maybe that's what we should have in our ceremonies, even if we can't be with you. Well, definitely, yes, yes. You know exactly what the way that you love to do your ceremony. You know that all of your fears, then challenge your fears, and use forgiveness in order to clean your story. Only you know how deep you can go. Taz, are you with us? Yes. Yes, uh-huh. Oh, okay. 
this is this is a once in a lifetime uh, opportunity to be part of something bigger than ourselves, and it's it's just around the corner. It's it's huge. It's a it's a contribution to the birthing of a new era of consciousness, and and um, you know, bringing our passions, bringing our listening tools, learning to understand ourselves. And you know, dream big. <laughs> it's it's time to wake up and um, and know that we can do this. It's really wonderful and it, and it is exciting. I know it's hard to believe that it's here already because, uh, like, it's been ten years. I've been knowing about twelve twenty one, and now it's here. So it's a great opportunity. Yeah, we'll let our intent guide us to to live in truth and and just you know really help other people, supporting other people, and and um, you know learning who you are and going for it. Uh, it's really exciting, Don uh, McGill, to have had you with us today. And you know, it's we're all here on this journey, and what a journey, huh? <laughs> We appreciate you, and we appreciate your family for um, starting the momentum of passion, joy, and happiness. Well, we are going in the right direction, and that's the best thing we can say. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, We've enjoyed your inspiration. Thank you, and God bless both of you and everybody who is listening. Well, God bless you, and thank you for your love. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.